Today's shir in Pashat HaShavua will be given by Harav David Soverberg. The shir is 40 minutes long, and therefore, after the shir, there will not be a halacha yomit today. Harav David Soverberg. The topic I would uh, like to discuss for this week's parasha, Parshas Vaira, is a topic which um, <coughs> it really spans this entire narrative of Yitzhak Mitzrayim here in the beginning of Sefer Shmos. It really... Uh, it's really relevant to Parsha Shmos as well, also Parsha Bo and even Beshalach. And that is the issue of, quote-unquote, the hardening of Paro's heart. The fact that HaKadosh Baruch Hu, as we read in several instances in this uh, this early section of Sefer Shmos, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, as it were, he hardened Paro's heart. He made it, that's at least what it sounds like, him. he made it that Paro would be unable to change his mind and free B'nai Yisrael from slavery. We find this for the first time in last week's Parsha, Parsha Shmos, when HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells Moshe to go back to go back to Mitzrayim from uh, Midian, and this is, this is in uh, Shmos Perak Dalet Pasach Chavalev. He says, Hashem tells Moshe, I will uh, harden, strengthen, so to speak, Paro's heart, so that he won't send B'nai Yisrael. And then again in this week's Parsha, <coughs> Right before the uh, the beginning of the Eser Makos, here too in Perak Zion, Pasuk Gimel, Paro. Hashem says to Moshe, "Ani Paro. I will harden Paro's heart." And thereby, in that way, says Hashem, I will increase my miracles and wonders in Mitzrayim. So what it sounds like is that Hakadosh Baruch Hu interfered with Paro's decision-making faculties, so to speak. He ensured that Paro would refuse to send B'nai Yisrael, and in that way he can continue punishing Paro and demonstrate with um, with greater force, more convincingly, more uh, dramatically, he can demonstrate his unlimited powers. Because he'll have to continue punishing Paro because Paro would not be doing tshuva, he would not be repenting because HaKadosh Baruch Hu is not letting him repent. We find this again uh, several times throughout the story. Um, the beginning of Parsha's bow, HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells Moshe, This time we see he hardened the heart and not, not only Paro but also his servant's heart. And also the beginning of Parsha's Bishalach, Hashem tells Moshe that B'nai Yisrael should retreat uh, as they're leaving Mitzrayim, they should retreat and head towards the sea. Paro will think that they have been lost. Says Hashem, I will strengthen, I will harden Paro's heart so that he will chase after B'nai Yisrael. And that way we'll have the whole incident of Kriyas Yamsuf. And once again, HaKadosh Baruch will be honored, he'll be glorified through the miracles that he will perform when Paro chases, chases after B'nai Yisrael. So, of course, the question that, uh, that many, many, many Mepharshim have discussed is uh, how does this, how can we reconcile this uh, interference of HaKadosh Baruch Hu in Paro's decision-making? How do we reconcile that with the, fun- with the fundamental belief in Bechir HaChavshiz? The Rambam, both in uh, Shmona Prakim, Perches, as well as in Hilchus Shuvah Perakei, discusses the importance of Bechir HaChavshiz, the concept of Bechir HaChavshiz. There is no such thing as... Uh, a predetermined tzaddik or rasha, and he refers to this fundamental doctrine in Parakei of Achos Chufa Halacha Gimel. ikar gadolhu. It's a uh, fundamental principle. Vehu amud This is the very pillar upon which the entire Torah stands. 
And uh, the Rambam goes on, he explains, he says, uh, there'll be no such thing as schar va'onesh. It will be impossible to have such a thing as reward for mitzvahs and punishment for averos if a person is not capable of personally deciding how he wants to conduct himself. If a Kodesh Baruch Hu determines ahead of time how a person will act, then of course we can begin to talk about a person being meritorious, a person earning um, merits, a person deserving reward, or to the contrary, of a person deserving punishment. And uh, so it's very, very strange. How is it possible that Kodesh Baruch Hu forced Paro not to release B'nai Yisrael and then come and punish him for for that decision. So, of course, this is a very famous topic. It's been discussed by many Mepharshim throughout the ages. Uh, we're not going to, obviously, we can't touch upon all the Makoros relevant to this issue, but at least we'll discuss some of the um, some of the main ideas that have been written. Most The most famous approach, I think, the most famous and more com- most common approach is that of the Rambam, he establishes a very famous principle, again, in those two places, in Shemona Prakim, as well as in Hilchos Tshuva. The, uh, I'll read you from Hilchos Tshuva. It's in Parag Vav, Halacha Gimel. Ve'efshar sheyichetah adam chit gadol, o chatoim rabim. It is possible that a person will commit a particularly grave sin. O chatoim rabim are many sins, meaning he'll commit a sin that is so grave, or he'll commit, he'll commit so many sins, his sin will be so great, or he'll, or so, or his sins will be so numerous that the punishment that Hakadosh Baruch Hu will decide upon is that he will be prevented from doing tshuva, that he will be no longer given the opportunity to repent. That is the punishment for his chet. And he is not given the permission, the opportunity, the ability to repent. So therefore, so that he will be able, so that according to the uh, strict judgment, he will be killed, punished by Hakadosh Baruch Hu and destroyed. Um, the Rama brings several examples to this principle. One is a passage from Sefer Yeshayahu uh, Parag Vav. Hashmein Lev Ha'am Hazeh. That HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells uh, Yeshayahu that the, the heart of this nation, referring of course to B'nai Yisrael, their heart is Shamein, it's shut, it's closed, uh, it's impossible for them to ever return. I'll, I'll read you the Pasuk, it's uh, Yeshayahu Perek Vav, Pasuk Yod, Hashmein Lev Ha'am Hazeh V'yaznav Hachbed V'inav Hasha. This people's heart has been closed, and their ears have been made heavy, their eyes have been dimmed. Lest this nation see with their eyes, or they hear with their ears, or understand with their hearts, and then do tshuva and be cured. The Rambam obviously understands this passage as referring to the fact that Kadosh Baruch Hu is telling Yeshayahu that he has intentionally prevented this uh, nation, prevented B'nai Israel at the time from doing tshuva. Kadosh Baruch Hu closed up their uh, faculties lest they do tshuva. So the Rambam brings this as a proof, um, or as at least uh, one instance in Tanakh where we see this phenomenon at work. The Chen Hu Omeri then brings a pasuk from the very end of Tanakh, the very end of Divrei Yom Beis, Vayihu malivim b'malachei hu'alokim uvozim devarav u'mesateim b'neviyav that the people were insulting the Nevi'im 
and they were scorning them, they were rejecting them, and to the point of where HaKadosh Baruch Hu was so angry, Ada Ein Marpei, so that there was no cure um, that was possible anymore, meaning there was, there was no opportunity for tshuva left. Kilomar, the Rambam explains, Chatu Biratzonam, they sinned uh, willfully, and they committed so many averos until it was necessary to prevent them from doing tshuva, tshuva being referred to in this passage as marpe. The fichach says the Rambam, kasuv batorah, it therefore says in Parshas Va'ira, va'aniyach hazek is like paro. That HaKadosh Baruch Hu says that he will strengthen paro's heart, he will harden paro's heart. The fichach hatam mi'atzmo techila, because he initially sinned, v'haral v'yisrael ha'garim b'yartso, and he did evil to B'nai Yisrael who were living in his land, Shinamar, as the Pasuk says in last week's Parsha Parshashmos, Havan is Chakmalo. That's the Pasuk when Paro, of his own free will, devises this plan to subjugate and oppress B'nai Yisrael. Nasan Hadin, it became the, the appropriate measure for Akash to take was, to prevent him from doing Tshuva, to withhold from him the possibility of Tshuva. Until he, until so he can be punished. Therefore, Kadosh Baruch Hu hardened his heart. So the Rambam now asks the obvious question: If that's true, if Kadosh Baruch Hu prevented Paro from doing tshuva, so why did he keep on sending Moshe to Paro to ask him to send Bnei Israel? He knew ahead of time that Paro was not going to send Bnei Israel. Not only did he know ahead of time, he himself, Kadosh Baruch Hu, made sure that Paro would not send Bnei Israel. So the Rabbi asks, Why did he keep on sending Moshe? So the answer is, Because fascinating concept that the Rambam says. HaKadosh Baruch Hu kept on sending Moshe this entire routine that keeps on going throughout Parshas Va'era throughout Pasha's Va'era, as well as um, the beginning of Pasha's Bo, was specifically for the purpose of informing us, informing everybody, informing the world of this principle, that it is possible for a sinner to sin to such an extent that he will no longer have the opportunity to do tshuva. That is exactly the point that HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants to bring out by constantly and repeatedly sending Moshe to Paro. When Paro keeps on being confronted by Moshe, and the plagues keep on coming exactly as Moshe predicts. And he still refuses. That is a clear demonstration, says the Rambam, of this very principle. That it is possible for a person to do Averos to such an extent, to the point where he no longer has the opportunity to do Tshuva. The Rambam then goes ahead to bring other examples. He says, V'chein Sichon. The same uh, applied to Sichon, Melech Hashbon, the Melech Emori, that Ben Hubinei Yisrael defeated. <coughs> Uh, before they entered Eretz Yisrael, this story is told in uh, in Parshas uh, Mat, in Parshas, excuse me, in Parshas Chukas, and then again in uh, in Parshas Dvarim. Because he had committed so many grave averos, he deserved to lose the opportunity of tshuva. As the pasuk says in Parshas Dvarim, um, Moshe Rabbeinu says in Parshas Dvarim, hardened Sichon's heart. And he, as it were, drew um, Sichon, he lured Sichon to come out and fight against B'nai Yisrael because of his averus that he had done. 
and also the Kananim. We as a pasuk in Sefer Yehoshua, Ki Meis Hashem Ha'Yisrael Chazekas Libam Nekras Hanuchamah Yisrael Laman Hachrimam. Again, Hashem Baruch Hu strengthened their hearts. He hardened the Kananim's hearts to make them fight against Bnei Yisrael so that they could be destroyed. According to many, according to some poskim, had the Kananim surrendered and accepted Bnei Yisrael's authority over Eretz Yisrael, then uh, they would have been, they would have been left to live. But Bakrish Baruch Hu says the Rambam strengthened their hearts. He made them continue to fight and resist Bnei Yisrael in order in order that he can punish them. Same idea. They've sinned to such an extent they became so corrupt that uh, they lost the opportunity to do tshuva. The Rambam brings yet another example from the period of Eliyahu Hanavi in Sefer Malachim Aleph. V'chein Yisrael b'mei Eliyahu, l'fi sheherbu l'fshoa, because they have sinned to such an extent, this was under the reign of Hamelech Achav, Achav Hamelech, over the nor- he, who ruled over the northern kingdom, when Avodah and the worship of Baal was rampant throughout the northern kingdom. Mana me'osan ha'marbim l'fshoa, tshuva, HaKadosh Baruch Hu withheld tshuva from those who continued to sin uh, repeatedly. Shneemar, as Eliyahu tells Hakadosh Baruch Hu Hara Carmel and Sefer Malachim Aleph, v'hato hasibosas libamacharanis. You have turned their hearts the other way. What does that mean? Says the Rambam. Kolomar, manata mehen hatshuva. You prevented from them from doing tshuva. So these are uh, numerous examples that the Rambam brings for his uh, for his fundamental theory that it is possible for Hakadosh Baruch Hu to um, to deny a person for a person for Hakadosh Baruch Hu to deny a person the opportunity to choose between right and wrong, between good and evil, and force him to do averos. That And when does this happen? When a person sins to, to such an extent that he no longer deserves the opportunity to do tshuva, part of his, part of his punishment is that he, will no, that he can no longer do tshuva so that he can deserve even uh, worse punishment afterwards. He brings numerous examples. He brings uh, the Nebuah from Yeshayahu. He brings Paro, Sichon, the Kena'anim, and Bnei Yisrael during the time of Eliyahu. Rav Meir Simcha and Yerasameach and this Rambam, he brings another example from the beginning of Sefer Shmuel Aleph. Uh, the Pasuk there says that um, Eli HaKohen, he spoke to his sons, Chafni Pinchas, and tried to, uh, he tried to convince them to, to improve their behavior. And the Pasuk there says that they didn't listen to Shmuel. They, I'm sorry, to Eli. They didn't listen to what their father had to say. And the pasuk there says because Hashem wanted to kill them, he says it was a, it was a siba meis Hashem. It's a this is a pasuk in Sefer Shmuel Aleph Perek Bet, pasuk pasuk Chavhei. It says v'lo yishmuu lekol avihem ki chafetz Hashem lahamisam. They didn't listen to what Eli had to say because Hakadosh Baruch wanted to kill them. What does that mean? So so the Rosh Hashanah says it means like what the Rambam says that they didn't listen that Hakadosh Baruch withheld from them the opportunity to do tshuva because they had sinned. Um, so gravely to 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 such an extent. Okay, so that is the uh, that is the Rambam Shita. Uh, it's interesting that I wouldn't call this a raya for the Rambam Shita, but uh, Rav Menachem Kasher in uh, the Finnus Torah Shlema in Parsha Shmos he uh, he says that uh, there could be there could be an indication of what the Rambam is saying already in the Haggadah. Um, in the Magid section, the heart of the Magid section is when we go through the Psukim from Mikra Bikurim in Parshas Kisavo. Those are the Psukim that the farmer would say when he brings his first fruits to Yerushalayim. And there he goes through the story of Yitzhak Mitzrayim. And in the Haggadah, what we do is we uh, we, we quote the uh, the Drashos of Chazal on those Psukim. And for each phrase from the account of Yitzhak Mitzrayim 
there in Mikrobikurim, for each phrase we bring the corresponding uh, pasuk or phrase from the original account of Yitzhak Mitzrayim in Parsha Shmos. So, for example, on the pasuk in uh, Sefer in Parsha's Kisavo, Vayareyo Osanu HaMitzrim, which seems to mean the Egyptians mistreated us, they acted wrongly to us. The Haggadah says, Kemash what is the original source from Shmos to that idea, to Vayareyo Osanu HaMitzrim? So they bring the pasuk from Parshat Shmos when Paro says to uh, the Egyptians, "Havan is chakmalal pein yirbe vayakis yikrena melchama v'nosafkam hu asson einu v'nocham banu v'yalam in haaretz." That Paro tells the Egyptians, "Look, we have to be careful from Bnei Yisrael because they are reproducing so rapidly, and if a war breaks out here in Egypt, they might join our enemies. They're not loyal citizens. They might join our enemies and and wage war against us." So the Haggadah brings that Pasuk of Havan Ischak Malo as a proof or as the original source to what the Ram to uh, excuse me to um, to the Pasuk in Parshas Kisavo Vayareyo Sanu HaMitzrim. And many of, many, many of the Mepharshim of the Haggadah are bothered. Why Davka does this Pasuk? Why specifically the Pasuk of Havan Ischak Malo? Why does that best describe the theme of Vayareyo Sanu HaMitzrim? Parsha Shmos is full of, uh, I wouldn't say it's full, but there are many psukim that describe the injustices that Bnei Israel suffered at the hands of the Egyptians. Why specifically this pasuk is the, is best suited to demonstrate the concept of Vayareo Son HaMitzrim? So the most famous answer that many, many Mephoshim give is that the, the Haggadah understood that Vayareo Son HaMitzrim doesn't mean that the Egyptians acted wrongly to us or they, mistre- or they mistreated us. It means they made us bad. They viewed us as being bad. We were good. We were loyal, upright uh, citizens of the country, but they made us into evil. They considered us evil. And therefore, it makes perfect sense why they would choose the Pasuk of Havan Ischak Malo. That's the Pasuk where um, Paro expresses his completely unfounded suspicions regarding Bnei Israel's loyalty to the kingdom. Rav Kasha suggests, however, that according to the Rambam, we can understand full well why this Pasuk is chosen to demonstrate Vayareo Sanu HaMitzrim. Because if you look carefully at the Rambam, as I said, the Rambam says that Paro began sinning of his own free will. He sinned of his own volition at the beginning. And the Rambam too quotes this Pasuk, Havad is Chakmala. It was in that Pasuk when Paro committed the Avera that was so grave, and it was over, over a long period of time, that for that reason, HaKadosh Baruch decided to withhold from him tshuva. And therefore, the misdeeds of the Egyptians, the crimes that they committed after that point, well, that was already, um, in a certain sense, you can't really blame them directly because, after all, HaKadosh Baruch prevented uh, Paro from doing tshuva at that point. But for that stage, for the initial stage, when he tells his people, Havan is etc., that initial stage when he convenes a meeting and he says, okay, we have to subjugate B'nai Yisrael, we have to oppress them, already then, that is what that is the crime that he committed. That is Vayareo Sonu HaMitzrim. That is the evil that was perpetrated against Bnei Yisrael for which uh, Paro was punished. Okay, so if, if, I don't know if that Pshat and the Haggadah is correct, but if it is, then already uh, that's, a, that's an early source uh, for the Haggadah, for, for, excuse me, for the Rambam's uh, Shita. The Abar Benel, in his parish here in Parshas Vaira, he has a discussion about this topic, and he quotes the Rambam, and he also mentions that the Ramban here in Parshas Vaira subscribes to the Rambam's theory, which he does in slight variation. The Ramban says that uh, the Ramban says that initially in the first few plagues, 
Paro hardened his own heart. He's Matayik in the Pasuk. It says, it doesn't say Vakazek Hashem the first few plagues. So going to the Ramban, it wasn't, um, it was still, during the process of the of the, of the Esra Makos, Paro was still in control. He still had the power to do Shuvah and he refused. And it was only later at the, in the, at the final five plagues when HaKadosh Baruch hardened his heart. According to the Rambam, it sounds like it was already initially. Uh, but be, be, be that as it may, the Abrabinah quotes the Rambam's view and he disagrees. And he says, he says, who has the Zarvik Hashem Od? He says this is uh, this is untenable. He says he ca- he says he he can't uh, he he cannot accept this. So the Rabbanel says he does not uh, he does not like this theory of the Rambam and Ramban. He says kafima shalim dunah nevim midrachav shalakadosh baruch ki cholam nibu peechad shloyachpotz b'mosar rasha ki im b'shuvah midrachav v'chayal. All the neviim say that's uh, one of the primary messages of the neviim. Hakadosh baruch does not want to does not want to kill rasha and he wants him to do tshuva. He says, He says, Who are greater sinners than Achav and Menashe? It says in uh, I'm sorry, it says in Sefer Malachim that when Achav, uh, he heard Eliyahu's uh, prophecy of calamity that will befall the family of Achav, he uh, subdued. He was subdued. And Akash said he will delay the catastrophe. And also Menashe, it says, when he was taken into captivity to Aram, He says, even these two great Rishayim, these two, they, they sin more than anybody else, and yet they still manage to do tshuva. The Ramam himself, himself counts them among those who uh, have no chedek Olam haba, says the Rabbanel. So the Rabbanel, he, he doesn't like it. Okay, he does not... Uh, he doesn't like it. And the Rabbanel himself points out that the Rambam addresses this question. He addresses the question of uh, on what basis do we know why does one Rasha lose the opportunity to do Shuvah while other Rishayim don't? The Rambam deals with this question in Shemona Prakim. And the Rambam says, he quotes it here, the Rabbanel. He says, The Rambam understood the problem with this view. And he wrote, there's no point in inquiring why Bechir Chavshis would be taken away from one person and not another person. Just like we won't start asking questions as to why HaKadosh Baruch Hu created some things in one shape and form and other objects in a different shape and form. Quoting Haman HaRasha, he says that uh, this is not worth anything for me. He says uh, this, is not, this is not an answer. He says it's uh, there's, clear, there's, there's, clearly, there's clearly a difference. Um, I I believe that there's not much of a question against the Rambam, because once we accept the doctrine of scharva onesh, once we accept that there is a concept of reward and punishment, uh, depending on how a person acts, despite the fact that very often uh, that is not manifest in the world, the problem of tzaddik viralo and rasha v'tovlo has bothered the theologians of all faiths for for a very long time. And uh, once we believe that there could be a concept of scharva onesh, and we, even though we can't really understand how a Kadosh Baruch Hu um, decides these things, then it stands to reason that we also don't understand how he chooses to punish a person, on what basis he chooses to punish one person by withholding tshuva from him, and another person he does not punish the same way. I guess the Abraham felt that if the Ramam is making this into such a fundamental principle to the point that the whole the whole purpose of Moshe's repeated uh, demands of Paro 
was to tell the world of this uh, of this important principle that it's possible for a person to lose the, to lose the chance to do tshuva. If that were true, then there, we should have more we should have clearer an idea of how it works, of specifically on what basis um, Hakadosh Baruch Hu, uh, decides this. Why? What kind of chait? What kind of chatayim? Uh, generate this response on the Chodesh Baruch's part and which uh, which don't. But again, I, I don't I don't think it's much of a kasha against the Rambam um, because, again, the Rambam could say uh, the same thing as Chavonesh. We believe in Chavonesh as a fundamental principle and even though we don't understand how exactly it works. So too, this concept that Chodesh Baruch will deny people the opportunity to do tshuva, this is also uh, something, a fundamental principle that we believe even though we don't always see precisely how Chodesh Baruch Hu brings about uh, this process. Um, the last point I'd like to make regarding the Rambam's Shita um, is that this, whether or not we can say such a thing, whether it's possible to say that Kishbech will punish somebody by denying him the opportunity to do tshuva, it might depend on how one understands the nature of tshuva itself. There are two ways, uh, theoretically, that a person can perceive the idea of tshuva, the idea that a person could... Uh, could commit a crime. He could commit a sin against God. That he could commit a sin against God and uh, deserve punishment. And through tshuva, he could uh, he could earn forgiveness. On the one hand, you can say that this is part of Hakadosh Baruch Hu's din v'cheshbon. This is part and parcel, uh, part and parcel of the actual calculation. If Hakadosh Baruch Hu has kviyachol a formula or an algorithm, as it were, with, by, by which he decides whether a person will earn reward and whether he'll be punished, and if so, how much, to what extent, then what we might say is tshuva is part of that computation. It's an integral part of the process. HaKadosh Baruch Hu does not look only at the actual ma'asim, the actual deeds themselves, but he also takes into account um, the degree, the extent of a person's uh, tshuva. If you say that, then it would seem very difficult to, uh, to accept the Rambam's position. It seems difficult to understand that Gersh would would go against the actual rules, that he'll change the entire method of computation of how he determines a person's worthiness, how he, deter, how he determines the, the Shav Onesh for a given individual uh, as, as a punishment. It's more likely that if you accept the Rambam's position, it's more likely that you would say that Shuva works uh, externally, it works outside the system, so to speak. And I saw this idea developed in a sefer called Hamer the Olam, by uh, his name was Rav Meir Michal. He was a great great nephew of the Vilna Gaon. I got this sefer from the Sefer Mafteach of the uh, the Frankel edition of the Rambam. He discusses the Rambam Shita and he and to explain the Rambam, he discusses the Mishnah in Perkayavos that describes tshuva as kitshris b'fnei It's like a shield in the face of catastrophe. In other words, tshuva operates as a shield. What does that mean? So the, the Sefer Amir the Olam explains that a shield does not defeat the enemy. Okay? A shield does not make the enemy go away. It doesn't take the enemy's weapons away. It doesn't reduce the threat. It just means that you're, that you're right now you're protected. You're protected from the effects of the enemy, from his attacks. Similarly, he explains, Chuva works in the same way, that it doesn't eliminate the Avera so much, but Akash Baruch gives you a shield. The way he explains it is a person appeals to HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Midas HaRachamim, HaKadosh Baruch Hu's attribute, a- attribute of compassion, and that protects him from the uh, natural effects of his Avera and the onesh that he deserves as a result. So Tshuva is like a shield. 
It's not part of the calculation itself. It's not an integral part of the system, but it's outside the system. It grants a person outside protection from the results, from the effects of his Avera. And in that way, we can understand a little bit more clearly why it is HaKash Baruch might deny a person the opportunity to do tshuva if he doesn't deserve it. A person who has committed uh, s- such a grave sin or he has sinned repeatedly over a period of time, then uh, HaKash Baruch is not Will, will deny that person access to the Midas HaRachamim. He will not be able to make use of this tree. HaKadosh will deny him the opportunity to do tshuva, and in that way, um, and, and that will be his punishment. Um, there could be a different explanation as to uh, why why this is so, why it is that HaKadosh Baruch denies a person the opportunity to do tshuva. Uh, I was thinking it could be a necessary and inherent limitation within the very concept of tshuva. And that is... Scarva Onesh works as a sort of uh, deterrent to ensure that uh, to ensure a person's compliance with uh, with the mitzvahs. We need a, we need the institution of Scarva Onesh. Now, if a person knows that tshuva is always available, that there's always the option of tshuva. If the, if the option of tshuva and its accessibility was unlimited, then that deterrent would be diminished. Then the 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 primary function of Scarva Onesh as to ensure a person's compliance, it, it would be undermined to, some, to one extent or another. If a person knows, after all, I can always do tshuva at some point, and tshuva is always an option, uh, so that's at a certain point he's no longer deterred by the, uh, by the punishments that the, uh, that, that the Torah warns about for, for committing sins, for violating the Torah. So therefore it's necessary for there to be limitations on tshuva, that tshuva can, it cannot always be an option. And for that reason, perhaps, uh, it's important, as the Rambam says, it's important for us to know that at a certain point, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will deny a person the opportunity to uh, to do tshuva. I should just mention, for those of you who prefer reading uh, rather, th- rather th- than listening, and I should have mentioned this maybe earlier, um, m- m- a lot of uh, this discussion about the Ramam Shita, I, I, wrote it, it, I wrote it up, it's an article uh, available online for the Maimonides Heritage Center. If you go to maimonidesheritage.org and look at the Torah portion section and uh, you read for Parsha Shmos, you'll see uh, our discussion regarding the Rambam's uh, Shita. Okay, so that, that's all I wanted to say about the Rambam. <coughs> there are uh, several other uh, opinions on the issue of the hardening of Paro's heart that I'll briefly uh, discuss with you now. One very interesting shita, which uh, for one reason or another had doesn't receive the same, uh, I guess, uh, press coverage, if you will, as the Rambam shita, is that of Rashi. Rashi in Parshas Vaira Perak Zayin, Gimel. Rashi says as follows, Miachashi Hershia Vihitris Kenegdi. Because uh, Paro was evil, and he protested against me, and he opposed me, says Hakadosh Baruch Hu, the God Louis the Fanai, and it's and I know it's revealed to me, I know ahead of time. She'ein nachasruach be'umos, thus says Lev Shalem Lashuv. And I know that uh, that he's not going to, he will not ultimately do tshuva. Tov she'it kasheli bo leman harbos ba'ososai. It's better. It's preferable. That his heart be hardened, so that so that my miracles and wonders will be increased. Vitakiru atem es gvurasi, and that you will recognize my power. And that's what Kashbrachu does. He brings he brings calamity over the evil nations in order that Bnei Yisrael could see God's power and uh, and and they'll be afraid of him. It's, there's a whole discussion as to what exactly Rashi means. The Mepharshim discuss it. Um, at, 
at, at risk of sounding arrogant, I would just um, I would I, I would say that what Rashi is saying is as follows: that yes, Hakadosh Baruch Hu, as the Rambam says, Hakadosh Baruch Hu did t- take away Paro's bechira chavshes. He denied him the opportunity to do tshuva. Why? Do, why did he do that? Right? It's not what the Rambam says. There was a punishment for for being so bad. Generally, generally speaking, Hakadosh Baruch Hu will not punish a person for um, will not punish a person in this way. But what did Paro do? He didn't just do evil. He didn't just sin. He He went out on a, camp- on a campaign to deny HaKadosh Baruch Hu. When Moshe first confronted Paro, Paro says, right, Paro, he, he made this into a campaign, me against God. There is no such thing as God. I deny him. Because he did that, and because HaKadosh Baruch Hu knew in advance that Paro would not do complete tshuva, Therefore, he withheld for him Bechir HaChavshis. Generally speaking, the Rambam talks about this also in Hechus Tshuva and in Shemona Prakim, the fact that HaKadosh Baruch Hu knows ahead of time whether a person will do, will do good or evil, that has no bearing, that has no impact upon a person's Bechir HaChavshis. That's the famous paradox of Bechir Yedia. Leaving that aside, it, generally speaking, HaKadosh Baruch Hu's advanced knowledge of how a person will decide has no bearing on his actual decision. But in this case, in this case, since HaKadosh Baruch Hu knew that Paro would not do tshuva. And since Paro made this into a campaign of opposition to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, therefore HaKadosh Baruch Hu found it necessary to harden his heart, to prevent him from doing tshuva, in order that he could demonstrate his power and his might. Because Paro came out so forcefully denying God, it was necessary for God to, in the most demonstrative and dramatic way possible, Show the world that he is God and that he and that he is the ruler, and for that reason, Akash Baruch Hu hardened Paro's heart. It wasn't like the Rambam said as a punishment. It wasn't as a. It wasn't that he punished Paro by denying him the opportunity to do tshuva, but rather because of what Paro did, because of Paro's public and vehement denial of Akash Baruch Hu's power and his rule and dominion, it was necessary for Akash Baruch Hu to counteract those effects by showing, in, in as as extremely as he possibly could. I shouldn't say as he possibly could, but to show in a very demonstrative and clear way that he is God and that he uh, he controls he controls the universe. Now, of course, he wouldn't have done that if he had known that Paro um, had the capacity to, or was had the willingness to do tshuva. It was because Golev Yodua the Fanai Rashi says because Hakadosh Baruch knew in advance that Paro went out to tshuva, therefore he withheld from him he would, he withheld from him the bechira chavshis. So that is uh, Rashi's uh, shita. The Sefer Hoyikarim also discusses this issue in Ma'amar Dalit Perchafei, and I'll just um, I'll mention his shita very very briefly. The Sefer Hoyikarim says that when a sinner experiences punishment, and when it's so clear that the punishments he suffers are a result from his chatayim, then naturally he will break under the pressure, under the uh, under the pain, under the suffering of these punishments. In other words, what he what he is saying is that Hakadosh Baruch Hu hardened Paro's heart bidavka in order that to allow him bechira chavshis. Had Hakadosh Baruch Hu not hardened Paro's heart, then he would not have had bechira chavshis because the the punishments would be so overbearing that Paro would, would would have no choice. He would almost be forced into uh, into complying and into surrendering. So Hakadosh Baruch Hu gave he he manipulated Paro's mind, so to speak. He he did it in he did it in such a way that Paro would that Paro would uh, would still have the uh, would still have the ability 
to uh, to, ma to make to make this decision. He wouldn't be forced into surrendering. Um, this is more or less what the Sforno writes. The Sforno in uh, on this pasuk in Parshas Vaera. The um, the Sforno says that if Paro would have done tshuva just to rid himself of the uh, of the makos, the Sforno says zos lo tshuva klal. That is not tshuva. Okay. So therefore, says says the Sforno, Hakadosh Baruch Hu made it sheisamets lisbah hamakos v'loyishalach miiras hamakos es Yisrael. That Hakadosh Baruch Hu, it's not so much that he manipulated Paro's decision making faculties, but rather he gave he he made Paro able to withstand the makos. He gave Paro the uh, the fortitude, the strength to withstand the uh, the agmas nefesh, the anguish and the suffering wrought by the makos, in order that he would still have bechira, in order that he would still have the opportunity. To uh, to choose between right between between right right or wrong, without this process of chizuk leiv, if Paro's heart had not been hardened in this way, then he would not have had bechiru chavshes. So it would be natural, it would be instinctive, that he would have to send bnei Yisrael, if nothing more than just to, to rid himself of this uh, of this pain. But therefore, Kadosh Baruch gave him the ability, he, he gave him the strength and the fortitude to withstand the makos in order bedavka to preserve his bechiru chavshes. So this view clearly disagrees with what we just saw from the Rambam and Rashi, that uh, that Hakadosh Baruch will at times deny a person bechira chavshes. According to this theory, no, that's not true at all. Hakadosh Baruch never takes away a person's bechira chavshes, and that's not what happened with Paro. It wasn't it wasn't the denial of bechira chavshes, but rather he was given the strength to withstand the makos. This resembles uh, another theory, the Abarbanel, after he rejects um, the theory of the Rambam. He suggests uh, a number of of his own explanations. The third one being that the hachbadas leiv, the hardening of Paro's heart, it wasn't some kind of uh, um, emotional modification within Paro's uh, being. That's not what happened at all. Rather, says the Abraham, now the fact that Hakadosh kept on accepting Paro's promises and doing away with the makos, Hakadosh every time Paro called Moshe and Aaron and, and, and complained and said, "Okay, okay, I'm ready to give in." The fact that each time Hakadosh Baruch Hu would then take a, would, would then remove the maka, that was the hachpada slave. That was the hardening of Paro's heart because that gave Paro an opportunity to claim that maybe it was maybe it was just some natural occurrence. Maybe this is not a, the divine hand. Maybe this is not Yad Hashem. Maybe this is not divine power. It's just a force of nature. It's happenstance, and uh, and it won't happen again. So that was the hardening of of Paro's heart. Now the Rabbanu does not tell us why. HaKadosh Baruch Hu did that, but it could be that what he had in mind was this theory, this general theory of the Ikarim and the Sforno, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu had to do that, otherwise that wouldn't be Bechira. It wouldn't be Bechira for him, to, for Paro to give in once he saw the natural cause. If if there was such a uh, incontrovertible cause and effect relationship between his refusal to let B'nai Yisrael go and the Makos, then that would not be a Bechira Chavshis for him to let B'nai Yisrael go. So therefore, he made it look like, or he at least gave Paro the opportunity, I should say, he he gave Paro a way of looking at the situation, whereby it was not a punishment for his crimes, and that was the hachasakas leiv. That was the hardening of Paro's heart, so that he would still have the opportunity to choose between good and evil. For those of you who want to see on the internet on the VBM archives, uh, the Rosh Hashiva Rav Yaakov Meidan he develops a similar theory regarding the the nature of the hardening of Paro's heart, saying it wasn't any manipulation of Paro's decision-making faculties, but it was more. Um, the fact that Kodesh Baruch Hu kept on listening to him. I mean, he focuses less on the fact that the Maka would end, but more on Moshe, uh, Moshe and Aaron's uh, diplomacy. Moshe and Aaron, uh, they just they just believed what he said. They, they didn't uh, 
there was no way of checking Paro or, or threatening him. It was as soon as Paro gave in, they said, okay. As soon as Paro said, okay, I'll, I'll free the slaves, they said, fine. And they, and they got rid of the Maka. That was the hardening of Paro's heart. And the reason for that, the reason why HaKadosh Baruch worked that way, presumably is, as the Sefer Yikarim and the Sforno said, um, in order that he would be able to uh, have this Bechira. Because otherwise, he would have just freed the Bnei Yisrael just to rid himself of the, of the Makos. So just to review, we had the famous position of the Rambam, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu will deny a person the opportunity to do tshuva um, as a punishment if he continues to sin excessively or if he commits a particularly grave crime. That's the sheet of the Rambam. The, the view of Rashi seems to be that because Paro was matris, because he came out in such forceful opposition and denial of God's, of God's power, therefore, knowing that Paro wouldn't do tshuva anyway, HaKadosh Baruch Hu denied him Bechir HaChavshiz. And then finally, the theory of the Sefer Yikarim and the Sfarno, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu really did not withhold Paro's Bechira at all. Rather, he gave Paro the opportunity, he gave Paro the ability, he, devi- he designed the situation as such that Paro would have a way of looking at things um, not as a punishment for his, uh, for his sins, for his crimes, but rather as a natural occurrence, and that maintained his Bechira, because otherwise it wouldn't be Bechira Chafshis at all. You have been listening to Harav David Silverberg on Pashat HaShavua. That's it for today. Tomorrow we will be back with the Erev Shabbat program for Pashat Ve'era. This is Ezra Beck from Yeshivat HaRetzion in Gush Etzion. Kol Tov. This was KMTT, Kimitzion Tetzei Torah, Udvar Hashem Yerushalayim.